in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Welcome to this meditation on the education of the heart. And let us start things off as we usually do by going back to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, in one of the prophets, the prophet Ezekiel, there is a big prophecy there. The Lord says, I will take away the stony heart that is in your flesh, and I will give you a new heart, and I will put in you a new spirit. The Lord is promising a new creature. The Lord who is coming to redeem us is going to set us free from sin, is going to make of us children of God again. The prophets were focusing on that coming of the Messiah. And Ezekiel is the one who tells us that our heart is going to change because sin makes our hearts to be hard. When we commit sin, we don't find the real happiness. When we commit sin, we are kind of doing not the things we are supposed to be doing, but we are doing the wrong things. And the rest in us. By committing sin, you know, your heart becomes kind of you know, a stony heart. But I want you to have a heart you know, of flesh. And I will give you that new heart, and I, will put, and I will put in you a new spirit. We can ask the Lord, Lord, give me that new heart. You are promising here in the Old Testament that you are going to give us a new heart. So please, Lord, give me this new heart. Because when you have a heart that is of flesh, that is nice, that knows how to love then you enjoy your life a lot. When we don't know how to love, when we don't know how to use and address and orient our passions, we are kind of lost. So Lord, give me this new heart. This new heart is going to come with a new spirit, says the Lord in the prophet Ezekiel, right? The new spirit. And where do we find the fulfillment of these prophecies in the New Testament? Obviously, in Jesus' heart. In Christ, we know God's heart. In Christ, we can find the way we are supposed to love. What is the heart? When we talk about heart, we are talking about the deepest part of our being, the origin of everything, because everything is born there, right? Deep down in our hearts, your ideas, your good resolutions, your thirst, because we are thirsty for God, right? So when we are thirsty for God, when we are thirsty for real love, all of that is born in our hearts. But in our hearts as well, if we don't fight, bad things happen. And we sometimes come up with these bad desires, bad ideas. Let us ask our Lord, Lord, give me this new heart that is like yours. And give me the grace of the Holy Spirit to love what is good, what you are expecting of me to love. So if we want to have this new heart, we need to look at Jesus' heart. And here is 
um, bottom line, the point of this idea. Jesus' heart is a compassionate heart. In the life of the Lord, we see that he felt compassion when he saw the crowds. People were following the Lord because he was doing miracles, performing signs, giving people food, etc. But they were kind of lost. Like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord felt compassion. When the Lord looks at people, he feels compassion. And the Lord looks at people and he sees that people commit sin. But the Lord always forgives. The Lord always says, go and sin no more. And the Lord liked that prayer of that man in the temple who was saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. The Lord likes to be compassionate. The Lord likes to forgive. The Lord likes that the people begin again. The Lord invites us to expand our hearts. One of the most beautiful quotes from the Lord in the Sermon of the Mountain is that one. Give and it will be given to you. A big measure, pressed down, shaking together, will be given to you. We will, will be poured into your lap. The measure you give will be the measure you get back. The Lord invites us to give, to expand our hearts, to be compassionate with others, to realize that we are in need of God's grace. That's the, what Jesus' heart is like. Or for instance, the parable of the Good Samaritan. The parable of the Good Samaritan comes down to that moment when this Good Samaritan was moved to compassion when he saw this man beaten up and thrown in the ditch. That's what the Lord likes. A heart that is compassionate, merciful, a heart that grows and expands, a heart that forgives others, a heart that serves others. The Lord invites us to be the last one, to be the servant of all, to be the last, not the first. The Lord corrected the apostles when they were trying to argue about who's going, who's going to be considered the greatest. So Lord, give me a heart like this. Because Lord, I realize many times a day that my heart sometimes is small. Because when I see someone I don't like, or someone who did something wrong to me, I don't forgive. I complain. When I see someone suffering because, you know, maybe I think that this person deserves to have failed in that, then I don't help out. When someone needs help and I am very busy, I just disappear. And Lord, I'm, many times I try to be the first. I want to be the one who is at the spotlight. I want to be the one who, you know, everybody likes and... So give me a heart like yours. We need to work on these things, huh? To have a good heart like Christ's. Huh? And here's the thing. Let's put it this way. How can we work on my heart? It's super difficult, right? I mean, compared to the intelligence, right? If I want to work on my intelligence, I can study. So you study, you read books, you read articles, you talk to other people, and little by little, you, your intelligence gets better because you get to know things, you get more knowledge, huh? and that's kind of easy to do somehow. I mean, it's, it's about studying, etc. 
Or for instance, your will. How can I improve my will? Well, you just repeat things. If you want to not to be a lazy guy anymore, then you do have to do something very simple. Just to wake up every day on time. As soon as the alarm clock goes off, you just get up. You just jump out of your bed. If you do that every day for one year, you will see that at a certain point, you are not a lazy guy anymore. So in order to improve your will, you can do things, you can repeat things, you can build up habits. In order to improve your intelligence, your knowledge, you can study, you can read, you can listen to podcasts, you can talk to people, you can ask questions. Okay, so how do I improve my heart? Well, here's the thing, let us put it this way. It's about being passionate versus being indifferent. The guy with a small heart is indifferent. You know, and Monday comes around and that guy goes to work and because it's Monday and I don't feel in the mood, everything is horrible and I am here working super, I am totally bored and I'm zero motivated and just getting by my day, dragging myself through the day, you know, the guy with indifference. Whereas we have to be, there are ones to be people with a big heart. We have to be passionate. We have to be passionate about our work. We have to be passionate about trying to be today a good Christian. We have to be passionate about winning the game that you are playing with your friends. And if things are not going well, you start training, you train more, you study what's the problem of this team, what's the, what are the, the mistakes we are making, you correct them, and then you keep going, and then finally you... You make it and you win games, right? Because you are passionate about it. You are enthusiastic about winning the game. You are enthusiastic about, you know, giving a good lecture. You are enthusiastic about giving a good class or having a great time with your friends, you know? Or you are super enthusiastic about running a business properly so that your customers are going to be super happy. Or you are super enthusiastic about helping out at home because someone needs you to help out at home. Your mom, your friends, whoever it is. Or you are super enthusiastic about winning the election. If you run for office, you have to be super enthusiastic about winning the election. You know, the other day I I listened the podcast with this interview to Larry Elder, a guy who's gonna run for office as governor in California. And the guy was taking for granted, no, as a governor, this is what I'm gonna do. No, when I am governor and I am gonna be governor, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna reverse this situation and this one, this one, this one, because as a governor of California, ta -ta -ta -ta, you know, the guys. It's taken for granted almost that he's there already, right? Because we have to be enthusiastic about things. If we are not enthusiastic about things, if we don't have this winner mentality, then we succeed less in life. Because there is lack of motivation. There is lack of, you know, there is indifference. And when there is indifference, you perform worse, if you like. So we have to be passionate about things that are good. That's what having a good heart and a big heart means to be passionate about doing good things for instance if your vocation is marriage you have to be super passionate about becoming the best husband ever having lots of kids all the kids that god wants to send you you know and being the best dad ever you have to be super enthusiastic about it because that's good or if you have vocation to priesthood you have to be passionate about being the best, the best priest ever in the world. Because that's, that's the deal. 
we have to be enthusiastic and passionate about doing what is good. Huh? We cannot just be guys who, okay, I am a Catholic, I have to keep the commandments, this is what I have to do, I'm going to do it because I have to do it, but, you know, I don't like it at all. <laughs> but I have to do it, so I do it with my intelligence, with my will, but my heart is not there. I just have to do it because it's my duty, you know. Well, the problem with that is, besides producing a, a person that is not balanced in his personality, the problem is, most probably you will quit the practice of your faith. Because just practicing out of duty, or practicing because your mom told you that it's a thing, good thing to attend mass, or because the priest says that you have to do this, you know. The consequence of doing things because you have to, or because someone told you to do so, but when your heart is not there, then sooner or later you're going to stop doing it. We do the things that we understand that are good, the things we want to do with our will, and things we like because we know that that's good. Huh? So give me this balanced personality, the intelligence, the will, and the heart. Plus, how can I work on my heart? The Lord says in the Gospel, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. In the world, you will find tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There is nothing in this world that can get us down. Nothing. Because with God's grace, we can go for what is good and to do it in our life and to be really fulfilled. So Lord, give me a grace to have this big heart. And big heart means, as you did, Lord, to, to feel compassion. When I see guys or people I don't like, I don't allow that to get me down. I don't suffer because, no, I don't like this guy. And blah, blah, blah. No, I like the Lord. I feel compassion and I try to love this guy, to like this guy because he, this guy has some virtues there, right? Nobody's totally evil. So there's something good I can like in people. Huh? And I can always forgive. If someone did something wrong to you, you can always forgive like the Lord. And you can be the guy who gives, not the guy who is always thinking of receiving, receiving, receiving. No, you can be the guy who gives. You can be the good Samaritan every day in small things. This is the way we grow in having a big heart. Huh? Plus, there is an important thing here. We are the protagonists of our life. Our life doesn't depend on the circumstances. The outcome of our things in life doesn't depend on the circumstances. Doesn't depend on the politicians, in the situation of the economy. Or, no, we are the protagonists of our lives. And we can shape our passions. Maybe now you are, I don't know, you are angry at someone. Or you are, you dislike someone. But Lord, I can turn, I can overturn that passion, that, I'm, that dislike that I feel now. I can overturn it. I can end up liking this person. If I'm like you. Compassionate, understanding if I forgive, if I'm enthusiastic about it, I can love everybody, I can build up bridges, I can connect with people, I can improve the quality of my relationships always, because I'm the protagonist of my life. We are not just the result of destiny or no, we can shape our passions and here is the way to do it. There are different things we can do. One is 
So with our intelligence, we think of what is good, and we know what, what is good, right? To do the, all the commandments, for instance, the content of the commandments, if you do all of that in a positive way, if you love with a pure heart, if you praise God, if you adore Him, if you respect people around you, if you love them, if you tell the truth, all these things. That's the good we have to do in our lives. Huh? So you think about the good in your life, and then that's the intelligence, right? Then with your heart, you like it. How good it is and how beautiful it is to tell the truth always. It is super beautiful. So we have to like telling the truth. And we have to dislike telling lies. Because doing what is good is always beautiful. So your intelligence presents to you what is good. With your heart, you like it. And with your will, you go for it. That's the way it goes. So Lord, give me a grace to like what is good. So I'm going to try to love this person that I don't really like right now. But I'm going to try to like this person, Lord. Because I can shape my passions. Give me a grace. Good is beautiful. We should be always aiming at doing what is good. The Lord says in the gospel, whatever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What is my heart? What are my dreams? What are my projects? Make sure that your projects, your dreams are good. And if they are good and beautiful as well, and then go for it with all your heart. Be enthusiastic about it. Although it's difficult, you know. But be enthusiastic about what is good, you know? And this is something great. Again, be enthusiastic about being the best dad ever. With a lot of kids, if God wants to give you a lot of kids, be enthusiastic about it. And that's more beautiful than having a small heart, for instance, a small heart. No, I'm gonna just get married and I'm gonna have one boy and one girl and that's it, I don't want more kids, you know? Because it's a pain in the neck, you know? Small heart. And that's not going to give you happiness. Um, what is going to give you happiness is to go for the real deal with all your heart. A hundred percent. Whatever it is. It might be marriage. It might be priesthood. Whatever it is. A vocation to celibacy. Whatever it is. But do it a hundred percent. We know that this is the real deal. But what if things start being difficult and you don't feel it, man? Yeah, it's good. I know it's good. I want to do it. But I don't feel motivated today, huh? Because it's not easy. Well, that's the moment to tame your passions. Sometimes our passions are tricky, right? Sometimes you feel super passionate about bad stuff. <laughs> And you don't feel the passion to do what is good, right? So we have to tame our passions. Meaning, well, again, today is Monday. I have to go to work. I don't feel in the mood. My boss is stupid. But well, I'm doing this to serve people. If I do this very well, I can serve my customers, my clients. I can smile and make people's, uh, people's lives more pleasant, people around him lives more pleasant. 
a little bit like I teach my heart mm. to be in the mood, to be in the mood to smile at work, to be in the mood to like this person, to be in the mood to like my boss, to realize that it's good that my boss is demanding a meme. It's good for me. So I'm going to like that because it's good for me. So little by little, you tame your passions and you educate your passions. Again, sometimes we are super passionate about something wrong. Oh, I'm super tired. It's been a super tough week. So I'm going to just, you know, lay down in the couch and, you know, Netflix from 7 p.m. all the way down to 2 a.m. You know, it's going to be great. No. So that's your passions being going crazy and you have to use your intelligence. Well, maybe you can just watch one episode of Loki, you know, and actually the, the first session is over, so whatever. But I mean, you don't need to watch 300 episodes on a row, you know. You can do other things to have fun, to rest. So we have to control our passions. Maybe your passions are telling you, know, what I want to do is this. No, with your intelligence, you correct your passions and you address your passions so that you orient your passions in the right direction. You have to tame our passions. And that's an exercise you have to do. And maybe you are super, wow, this is gonna be amazing. This weekend is gonna be an amazing barbecue, beers, da da da. Yeah, fine, but why don't you wait a bit and you drink that first beer? Not right now, 30 minutes later. Because you have the control. And we need to tame our passions. Huh? So give me your grace to have a heart like yours. To, you know, to be the one ready to serve, the one ready to forgive, to be compassionate, to be understanding. And where do we find all the strength we need? We find all the strength we need in prayer. It's an exercise. I mean, it's, we have to control our passions as we go, you know. You know as you go. I don't know. If you are super excited about something that is not super good, you have to tame yourself as you go. <laughs> but the best way to, you know, to help ourselves is in prayer. In prayer, we can identify those passions in our heart and then we can deal with them properly. For instance, you might be one day feeling a bit of resentment in your heart because someone told you something you didn't like, because someone did to you something you didn't like because someone made a mistake, I don't know, and you feel resentment. Well, in prayer, we learn to transform that resentment into forgiveness. So my prayer today, if I feel resentment, my prayer today is not about the motu proprio by Pope Francis. Eh? My topic for today's prayer is my resentment. I have to talk to the Lord. Hey Lord, I feel this resentment against this person. How would you do, how would you deal with this, Lord? And that probably is going to help us to forgive that person. And not to feel bad about that person. And to feel super angry or 
the Lord transforms our resentment and turns it into forgiveness. Or for instance, coldness. We can be a bit cold. We can be a bit cold in our dealings with the Lord and we can be a bit cold in our dealings with others. And maybe one of your siblings, you don't deal with this person properly because for some reason you're a bit cold with this person, you know? It is the moment to transform our passions and to transform that coldness into warmth. And to ask the Lord, Lord, give me your grace to be warm to this person. We cannot just be warm to those we like. We have to be warm to everybody. Because we see the Lord in everybody. And because the Lord was warm with everybody. And even with these Pharisees, when you know, sometimes the Lord criticized them hard and big time. Eh? But the Lord is patient and the Lord is always there trying to ask their questions. Because again, the Lord puts his heart into it. And we don't see resentment in Christ's heart when he was you know, crucified. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. There is no resentment in the heart of Christ. There is forgiveness. There is compassion. There is all of this, right? There is no coldness. The Lord always took an interest. When the Lord was invited to go and heal someone, the Lord always went to see these people and to help them. Because the Lord is warm with everybody. And when the Lord was feeling this dryness, still he did what God the Father wanted him to do. The Lord felt this dryness during the prayer in the garden. That day the Lord didn't feel in the mood to pray. That day the Lord was kind of suffering a lot and... But there he is doing his prayer. Because it is when we don't feel especially in the mood, but still we pray and we tell the Lord, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. It is then that we are showing to the Lord real love. And that's another way to tame our passions and to transform our passions into the real heart. Our heart has to be affectionate, warm, compassionate, a heart that forgives, a heart with a lot of light. So let us ask the Holy Spirit. You know, Ezekiel said, I will take away that stony heart of yours and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will give to you a new spirit. The Lord sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is super important when it comes to the transformation of our hearts. Come Holy Spirit and give me your grace to love as you want me to love. That's what we need. The Lord said in the Gospel one day to the Apostles, do not rejoice because the evil spirits submit to you. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. This is something important. The apostles were super happy. Hey Lord, everything is going well. It was amazing. We went out in mission and things worked out perfectly. Thank you so much, Lord. It was great. The Lord says, okay, fine. But that's not the main reason of your joy. The main reason of your joy is that I called you. That you are one of my guys. And that's what we are. The reason of my joy is that you have called me, Lord. 
And I'm so proud of that. Thank you. That's why at any step of the way in my life, I have reasons to be always happy. Even when I have to navigate difficult waters. And when I have to navigate difficult waters, I'm calm and strong. Because I have my passions tamed. <laughs> because I know the real reasons why I do things. And I feel always loved by the Lord. And the Lord helps me to love properly everybody around me. So Lord, thank you for my calling. And then, of course, in our life, we have to be patient. Right? By your patience and your patient endurance, you will gain your souls, says the Lord in the Gospel. The fruit of a good heart comes with the passage of time and after working on it. It was very nice the other day to see this lady from Woodstock, Woodstock, excuse me, Ontario, on CTV News, Maggie McNeil. She won this medal, this golden medal, you know, in 100 meters, barefoot swimming style. And this journalist was asking her, well, tell us, so what was your mindset during the race? Tell us everything about it. You know? And this young lady, well, I just wanted to have fun and to enjoy the experience. And that, I guess that's a good attitude. Yeah, you try your best, but always, you know, enjoy. Enjoy the journey. And we will have good outcomes. When the Lord wants, the way He wants, etc. The important thing is that today, whatever you are at in your life, you are happy. And you are having fun and enjoying the experience. Because the Lord has called you, the Lord counts on you, and the Lord wants you to have this new heart. This new heart that is made of flesh with a new spirit. And thank you, Lord, because with your grace I want to work on it. Then we will see the fruits. Let us finish our meditation by asking our mother to give us her grace. Our mother told these servants in the wedding at Cana, do whatever he tells you to do. That's the way we tame our heart. We have to bring our heart in the direction of those deeds that the Lord wants us to do. With our intelligence, we know what the Lord wants us to do. With our will, we go for it. And we know that that's good. Why? Because it is the Lord who is telling me to do that. See, it's going to be good. And I'm going to like it a lot. Let us ask our mother to be good disciples, to be good servants, and to do always what the Lord wants us to do. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel intercede for me.